good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is the Material Podcast, episode number 201, and I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Ion. And Andy, I have to say, last week was our 200th episode, which we had pre-recorded, <laughs> and I kind of missed our Wednesday dates when we do the podcast. It yeah. Was it's because because like you you get That's into off. these you get into these routines where like you set aside I set aside like Wednesday as an office day mm-hmm. because I know that some and sometimes I have to do radio sometimes you're busy doing something and we have to do it late at night but usually and yeah it feels like you're playing I, I distinctly remember the first time that uh, it was fall after I had graduated from high school. And for the first time in my entire memorable life, it was a school day and I was like in my car driving nowhere near a school and it just felt weird. And that's kind of what it feels like when there is no podcast on Wednesday. But yes, yes. actually, what I was going to do is uh, it would it would have been very, very sweet uh, because I, I, we, we, we both had we had cakes. And I, I mm-hmm. bought like a really nice, a lovely and I cake. I bought a bunch of cupcakes. There you go. Uh, and I, I think I ate like a third of it, like <laughs> over the over the over the, the the period of recording the show and like the evening. You were celebrating, yes. Setting. And I saved another slice for like lunch or dinner the next day, and I froze the rest. And it would have been a lovely gesture if, kind of like on like your first wedding anniversary, that's when you take the cake topper mm. out of the freezer and you really. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll, I'll. That was two weeks ago, and I did put I did put the rest of the cake in the freezer, but that was only like three slices of cake, and that got that didn't last very. No chance mm. of uh, freezer burn uh, mm-hmm. at whatsoever because that mm-hmm. it, it was really good cake. Mm-hmm. It was a great excuse to eat cake, uh, and you know I'm looking forward to our 220th episode when we also <laughs> eat cake. Big milestone there! Hey, we've made it 20 more episodes. Well, <laughs> Google I/O is next week. We could have like the key- so celebrating the keynote keynote day cake, I suppose. Uh, probably it's a little harder for me to do that unless I can manage to take some like chocolate whatevers or sweet whatevers that they're offering out at Google I.O. Uh, and by the way, don't forget, folks, that I am going to be there next week and I'm going to be recording my end from Google I.O., which I think might mean it's going to sound a little noisy on my end. Um, and it's possible people could come up and talk to me while we're recording, but I'm feeling like that will add exactly. to the podcast, you know, add to the ambiance. And again, this is an experiment I'm doing. So this this is an experiment, which I really appreciate Andy and our editor, Jim, allowing me to do on this podcast. Um, We're creating a theater of the air. Yeah. Well, you know, NPR does it all the time. Why yeah. can't I? You know, you know what? You know what I could do? Like I, I could like if I we, when we figure out like what time you're going to be available to record the show, I could actually like just go outside to like one of the benches on the street outside. Just to make and... the ambiance match. So it exactly. Sound so like so I'm I could, talking I, for you. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I have my own like field recorder. So I could like record <laughs> into that. So we'll also be seeing street noises 
And in my case, it'll occasionally be interrupted by, well, what I really was surprised what Neil A. said, oh, my God, such a good doggy. Who's such a good doggy? Is it a boy or a girl? A girl. Oh, my God, you're such a cute little girl, babe. You're such a doggy. Ah, yes, because it's springtime, so everybody will be out walking their dogs, right? Right. Um, yeah, well, then that will prove for a very interesting recording. So I guess everybody <laughs> next week yes. set some time aside for a very special edition of the Material Podcast. I'm looking forward, Andy, to breaking down everything with you and just getting real, getting real about <laughs> about this about the announcements. Um because the real meat of the developers conference doesn't really I feel like you we don't really get the grasp of it until kind of the next day. I think it's a combination of everybody wrote their think pieces versus <laughs> versus, you know, you get that initial announcement at the keynote and then it kind of you kind of the inertia that you have to have to get through the developers conference kind of takes over and you can't really sit down and think about stuff like until you're about to go to sleep. Which is why I never sleep the yeah. week of Google IO like I'm going to have <laughs> Big bags under my eyes, which is, I guess, a good thing that I've chosen audio is yeah. one of my favorite mediums. <laughs> you see, that's I, I, I think, that fortunately, I'm not like a news reporter. I don't have to yeah. like file yeah. something 20 minutes afterward. Because I, I really think that if you're going to be of any use to anybody, you have to be a very angry, sarcastic, and cynical person. Because the way that I process these keynotes is that I will be legitimately impressed with a whole bunch of stuff. Say, well, that's a really good idea. And I could see how that would. And fortunately, I have six hours after that to say, okay, let's enjoy the optimism. Let's enjoy the respect for great ideas and big ideas in engineering. And then I will open this red binder uh, on my shelf of like, okay, and here's all the cool things from Google I.O. 2018 and that only shipped about a month ago. And, oh, wow, they didn't even mention – they haven't even gone back to this at all. So the cynicism can sort of creep back in degrees. So instead of having to, like, uh, get rip-roaring drunk on, like, 180-proof grain alcohol, I can sip uh, uh, glasses of port and just get a nice little buzz and a little bit of warmth going to get myself back to reality. I love port so much, especially with dessert. Like I yeah. love, I if I want to feel super fancy, I will get myself port with a dessert after dinner. Anyway, it's just hashtag nope. flow nope. is classy. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. So I have, I'm. <laughs> I have I have one bottle. Uh, the uh, I don't I don't drink like the way that most people drink i just the only alcohol in my in my house unless i'm expecting guests is one bottle of very nice port Mm -hmm. because again not every single night with that cake for our 200th episode yeah see it's a good (laughs) it's it's a i have and i have the special port glasses that are never used for anything else but port Mm -hmm, exactly mm -hmm. and just one glass of that really rich magenta red port At a 9.30 at night when you yep, just yep. need, like, to put a punctuation mark at the end uh-huh. of a day uh, is, yeah, that's See, that's this nice. is why Andy and I get along. Uh, <laughs> Andy, just so you know, since I'm going to Google I.O. next week, I have to drive. I live about 60 miles away. Oh, God. And change <laughs> just to make it 
very obvious uh, how much I have to drive next week. <laughs> and I'm going to be hopping around a little bit because I tried to save money on – I'm only getting a hotel for two nights. So the two most important nights, which is the night before the keynote and then the night the f- night of the first day, which right. is like the most tiring. It's just Tuesday, um, Wednesday, Thursday. It's just a three-day thing, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I go down Monday and then I'm, I come back Thursday night. Uh, but then I'm spending the night at a friend's house after that in another part of the South Bay. Anyway, so there's a lot of like moving parts where I have to move my car, especially also this year, Google has banned cars from the shoreline. So the shoreline amphitheater, which is where Google IO is typically held, it's kind of like on the outskirts of the South Bay of the peninsula, and it touches upon this beautiful body, a beautiful marsh, and it's a lovely venue, but the problem is they just have this giant parking lot, and that was creating a lot of traffic with all like the Ubers, and and also because it's right next to Google HQ, you have like all the coworkers who are coming to work that day yeah. that are running into like traffic and they're like, I can't get to my meeting because there's IO traffic. Plus, th- plus this is the South Bay and they figure that if you don't have a personal helicopter and a personal yes. pilot, you're probably riffraff and they probably don't need you at Google IO anyway. Oh, you have no idea how true that is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, um, Google income disparity in the Bay Area. Okay. Uh, so... I, anyway, where I was going with this is that I bought, this is how I try and connect the dots of things. I bought the uh, Anchor Rove Bolt, which is the Google Assistant microphone dongle thingy that you plug into your car's cigarette lighter (laughs) because cars still have cigarette lighters. Now now we call them 12 volt, 12 volt accessory power. I know I still call them a cigarette lighter because (laughs) I drive a German car and it clearly says on there, it's a, it's a cigarette symbol because it's a European (laughs) car and we know Europeans are still smoking in them. So, um, anyway, I'm very curious to see if this is going to help my situation with Android auto. I am a big Android auto user. I rely on it to go everywhere in town. I rely on it for my music situation. I rely on it to make phone calls. And so TLDR, I'm hoping that this will help my problems with voice commands in the car. I will let you know. But I just wanted to let everybody know that I bought that because I like to brag about my purchases here on the Material Podcast. See, I I wouldn't mind if uh, yes yes I'm a total nerd and I'm a nerd of a certain age. So if someone just came out with like an Android Auto accessory uh, that would just like be like a wearable microphone, but instead of being something modern and efficient that you could clip to your collar, if I could just put on that sort of the the same sort of like uh, 1970s uh, headset that Han Solo and Luke Skywalker put on uh, when in mm. episode four, when it was mm-hmm. time to like fight the oncoming TIE fighters, mm-hmm. I would just enjoy like having that hanging on the rear, rear view mirror and just like throwing that on as though it's important imperative that I get ready to fight uh, evil empires. Right. I, I, right. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's such a bad thing to wear or something that if it, if it will, if it means that I can operate a voice controlled app much, much better, I am perfectly okay with wearing something that I think is stylish, but everybody else thinks is amazingly silly. Then I would say, well, 
when was the last time that you were able to not only get a, a David Bowie album playing on your car, but also making sure that you didn't have to settle for like one of the mid nineties albums. That's kind of okay. Like it's not bad, but it's not the one you wanted because it picked up David Bowie, but it didn't pick up the name of the album correctly. Well, I'm the, I'm the fool who is actually getting David Bowie the hours. Yeah, it is not fun to get the wrong album because when you're just like you're on the road and you're just like feeling yourself and you're just like it's sunny outside and the windows are down and you're just like, man, life is great today. I just want to put on my favorite song. I just want this album. And then you shout it out and it's the wrong thing, but you're like driving. So you can't really go and like weasel around in there. You know, I just, I want things to be easy. Plus, I really like this idea of like plug and play tech where you just kind of, you can just plug something in to add some sort of feature to your otherwise aging thing. Um, You know, we have houses and cars that cost us a lot of money. Those are not things that we can constantly replace. So I want to know how can I infuse them to make them better as I is I keep them up. Um, I'm not planning on buying a new car until this thing hits 300,000 miles. <laughs> I'm nope, at 130 nope. right now, but it's, it's <sighs> my, welcome to being a Californian, by the way. <laughs> my Mine made it to 175 before it. I realized how much now in, right. New, in, in New England, there's a you can keep driving a car. The when weather it's, is harsh. Well, well harsher. you can keep driving a car when it's like leaving oil on the driveway. That's fine. That's like you you expect that at <laughs> yes. one twenty five, one thirty. But again, New England winters they salt the roads when it's leaving like rust on the driveway, and you say, "Ooh, that's not good." And you're you're contemplating if this is the time that you should basically for safety reasons. And then you do I, every single car I've owned. And we're only talking about like four or five cars. At some point, I reach underneath and feel the frame. And oftentimes, it's like, oh, here is a potato chip sized piece of rust <laughs> that I've just easily just simply not pulled off of the frame, but simply dislodged. It's like, okay, now we're going to, we are getting into the point at which I'm taking a curve at 35 miles an hour. And I find myself skittering on a different vector in one half of the car while another half of the car is going those harsh winners that's what they do to cars um anyway anyway enough about cars uh (laughs) before we move on to our first act of the podcast uh andy you want to do a little a little bit of news from around the web a little bit of news from around <laughs> news the web. News from around the web. This is 1997, and it's still called the web. <laughs> <laughs> the inf- well, I'm still on information superhighway. Thank you very much. <laughs> I am. I'm not gonna lie. I definitely used that at when I wrote something for my first internship, and that was like 2007. And I apologize to everyone <laughs> out there. At one, uh, it so was it used to be a very hip reference. It's true. It's true. Uh, so I would like to drop the first bit of news, if you don't mind. Drop away. Which is that today, and it's only because I have a big opinion about it, uh, but today Google launched a new Wear OS feature called Tiles, and I actually I wrote a little bit about it on my website at florencelion.com if you'd like to go read uh, my itty-bitty little tidbit about it. And so the way that these work is they're kind of like widgets that – Uh, live on their own page of the watch and then you can swipe 
if you swipe to the left, it starts to reveal them. And each widget is like the feature of an app. So if you have the New York Times installed on your watch, you could like flick over and then the widget would show the newest headlines from the NYT. So you could just like get your at a glance, look at what's going on. If it's like a fitness app that you have installed, for instance, like Google Fit, you would swipe over and then it would give you like the button to start a workout or it would show you like your circle for the day. Like an actionable widget, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you could customize them. And this is very similar to a feature that already exists on the Samsung Galaxy watches because I've been using a similar feature on my watch active, which... I will admit adds a lot of usability to the watch because you're not like tinkering around in there on that like one little one inch screen to try and find the one action that you need. Like when I'm starting a hike, the last thing I want to do is like, hold on, let me dig in there to see, you know, how to start this hike. No, I just swipe over to the left, swipe over two times and there's the widget and I hit start. So yay, this is great news for usability for Wear OS. Wonderful. But my thing is, I'm at this point where I am having a hard time feeling any sort of excitement about anything to do with Google's wearables platform. And like, I'm bringing this up also because it's kind of related. I mean, next week's the developers conference and they're going to show off the tiles at the developers conference. They're going to have demos and they're going to teach developers how to integrate them, which I think is great. But I just... I'm still looking for that marquee product that makes me want to wear Wear OS. I think that's the big key thing right now is that I personally have not encountered a watch that tickles my fancy, that kind of gives me the relative happiness I found with the Galaxy Active. And the Galaxy Active is not, again, a perfect device. It's got a major ecosystem and app problem. Samsung has a major problem there. But it does all the other things that I need it to do and that I I wanted Wear OS to do, including being a small watch. Mm. Like that's just – I just want a small watch. Right. And I just don't feel like depending on Michael Kors and the Fossil Group is going to get me that. So this is just my call out to everyone who is still using Wear OS. Like tweet us at Material Podcast. Let us know like – What is it that keeps you on the platform? What is it that keeps you believing in Google's Wear OS trajectory? Because I, you know, I know a lot of Android users who have done what I've done, which is go Samsung's way, or they've gone to like Fitbit because (laughs) I guess the Versa is actually a pretty good watch, according to some folks. So I don't know. I just want to, I just want to put this question out there. Yeah. I'm see, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. I, I really, I really like Wear OS. Um, I still have my uh, Moto 360 version two, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not as compelling. It's really, it's just not a compelling thing to put on every single day. It's not compelling to keep it charged every single day. I like that. Uh, I, I do think that Google has been maturing Wear OS over the years. Um, yeah, I actually think, sure. I actually think the tiles is kind of a, is a pretty good idea. Uh, we are, we we have sort of a preview of it with the latest major update where you swipe left to get to google fit so if you already have that was the beginning yeah that was the beginning think think about now instead of just google fit you could get other things there too and you can decide what's what's going to sit immediately to the left of your uh of of your timepiece um but yeah it's it's a bummer that for now google seems to be perfectly okay with 
um, where with Google uh, Google just providing smartwatch features to Michael Kors to tag her. Uh, to and to any company that wants to do a smartwatch yes. but doesn't want to have to develop a smartwatch operating system to okay well here's what you do and here's where you buy the screens and here's where you buy the special tiny little pentagonal batteries and here's how you develop a uh, watch face apps it's just it's just not compelling uh, and especially when you compare it to apple uh, both apple and google had their earnings calls this uh, this week and both both companies had good news and bad news uh, mostly with like high-end smartphones, but Apple was able to sort of really spackle it over with. But look how much money we're making on Wearable! I mean, can you believe we've made this much money on? But wearables? that's what I want. I yeah. want what Apple users have with the Apple Watch. I mean, that watch is so good that people wear them during, while they're getting married. <laughs> like it's that important to them. Yeah. I want to track my heartbeat while I'm getting married. Yeah, it's like I still, I, I'm still holding out hope that if Qualcomm ever uh, develops a really good wearable CPU, which they haven't done so yet, or if, uh, <laughs> or if Google were to d d make a relationship with somebody else who can actually make do as half as good a job creating custom CPUs for a wristwatch that Apple has uh, on their A series chips. Uh, that I keep holding out hope that they're going to be able to do that. And I really do have not literally, but figuratively like that when I, the next time I see a, a smartwatch that really gets me excited and it's less than 300 bucks, I definitely have $300 to spend on it. And the number of times where I have spotted like refurbed Apple watch generation threes, uh, for $250 or some really good price. And like, Andy, you you own an iPhone. You own several iPhones, so you could set it up, and just as a fitness watch that you enjoy wearing, you would enjoy wearing that, wouldn't you? And it doesn't matter that you wouldn't get the full features. It's still it would probably be close to the feature set. Of, it would have sixty to seventy percent of the feature set of an Android Wear watch, just by virtue of the fact of being a wristwatch that tells you the time and has cool little apps that can work directly on the watch itself and would give you fitness tracking features like uh and i really really want it but it would be a foolish amount of money to spend on something that doesn't work with a phone in my pocket if if apple i do think that apple should at some point uh do to do with the apple watch what they did with uh the iphone and with the ipod realizing that we can't there it's uh you, you there are so many people out there who don't have iPhones mm -hmm. and they all have $300 like me to spend on an Apple watch that they would buy in a minute. If at, uh, if at uh, WWDC uh, Apple's developer event, they said, and by the way, we're, we're introducing a brand new Android app that will let the Apple watch do everything that it does on, uh, on both platforms. That would be such a, death notice for Wear OS and it's sad because I, I I don't dislike Wear OS. I just don't like that it's not exciting me at all. Nada. Nada. <laughs> so speaking uh, so uh we have a, a an update. Now <laughs> this is this is uh, just another cautionary tale that I I hope that every time we talk about cool things that get get announced that the Consumer Electronics Show, or even at Google's keynotes or Apple keynotes, we 
underscore the fact that this product, service, software, whatever, was intended to be announced here to get lots of press and get people excited and get lots of attention. And sometimes it doesn't really work out that way as a real product. So uh, after CES, we and a lot of other people were legitimately interested in one of the biggest but most interesting freaks, uh, freak products. It was a Energizer uh, Android phone with an 18,000 milliamp hour uh, battery. The, basically, uh, the, the the size of a phone, the thickness of a grilled cheese sandwich, and the as often happens at CES, they were the makers were kind of cagey about how much it would cost and when it would be released. The common answer being sometime in the summer for about six hundred dollars. Well, uh, so here's what happened. They. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It was actually Mobile World Congress, I think. So they they this phone, the P18K Pop, uh, turned up on Indiegogo <laughs> mm-hmm. with an early bird price of five hundred and forty nine dollars, and a promise that it would release in October of 2019. They were looking to get one point two million dollars in funding. Uh, and then they, after a very <laughs> generous amount of time, they only got $15,000 in pledges. So they decided that maybe this is not, we, we can't make, we can't make a couple of dozen phones for $15,000. The exercise mm-hmm. was based on being able to make thousands of these things. And so maybe let's not do that. So the, the, the question still remains, did they ever actually intend to make this? Uh, because as a thing that would get you lots and lots of attention uh, at a very, very noisy trade show, this was a very, very good product. And it wasn't, uh, I still say it's not an insane product to make, particularly as an Android phone where you can make weird Android phones. Uh, that's probably, that's part of the gusto and the swagger of Android that if your vision is to make a banana-shaped phone, because you think that that is what's been holding uh, the phone technology back, that it's not shaped like a banana, by all means, go ahead and make your banana Android phone and see how well you go for it. But yeah, sometimes this is this is why I always make sure whenever like I'm talking about interesting stuff from Mobile World Congress or CES, like now realize that we may not ever see this ever this might have been just a way they could either spend the twelve thousand dollars on bus ads or twelve thousand dollars on making a one-off prototype of something silly that people like me like to write about for to get publicity purposes and they decided that they didn't want bus ads oh well oh well maybe someday you know we really need to figure out how we're going to make batteries thinner or maybe we don't figure it out maybe we just accept that this is what this is what we've been given. <sighs> Nothing gold can stay, Pony Boy. Nothing gold can stay. <laughs> uh, on that note, shall we shall get we into our ad? first ad? Yes, yes. let us do our ad. ad. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. 
And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com material. When you decide to sign up, use our offer code material to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for material. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash material and the code material to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Well, uh, as we record, it is May 1st, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. May Day, a.k.a. the day when uh, communist countries celebrate the throwing down of your tools, the breaking of your chains, workers throwing waving the red banner of revolution and taking back the dignity that the um gosh the soviet era was a long time ago so i don't know what the <laughs> usual boilerplate was uh, the workers revo- you know you have nothing to uh, lose but your chains uh and so it's an awfully good time for uh, google workers to stage a sit down uh, in response to continuingly not great work conditions, uh, Google is – I'm – the only thing I, I – I don't – I wouldn't say this is in defense of Google, but the uh, they are taking a lot of heat as uh, workers at Google are being brave enough to make public what their concerns are and their complaints are and getting a lot of attention and a lot of, uh, lot of press, whether it's about – uh, not wanting to have to work to uh, have their uh, artificial intelligence work go into weapons of war uh, devices that will kill people to uh, contract workers being treated like second class citizens on the Google campus to sexual misconduct, either a being tacitly uh, approved of by no one, uh, no one in management punishing people, or your punishment is that you are, you are, you're allowed to leave the, <laughs> leave your exalted position with glowing testimonials and a multi-million dollar contractually uh, approved by the board of directors, uh, golden parachute. Uh, so, I got a good a good day for this. Uh, a couple uh, last week, uh, two of the seven main organizers of the Google walkout protest. You'll remember uh, shortly, not uh, not too long ago. This is when about twenty thousand Google workers worldwide basically took an hour off and just were leaving our desks for for an hour or two. Uh, it was very, very effective. Uh, but two of those seven uh, main organizers uh, wrote an email to their colleagues at Google about uh, having suffered retaliation uh, for accusing, let's, uh, let's be fair and say, accusing uh, Google of having uh, directed retaliation against them. Uh, they organized a town hall meeting last Friday in order to, to discuss it. Um, the uh, It's probably best... If uh, the two employees themselves uh, speak for themselves, uh, because uh, Wired and a couple of other uh, outlets had a copy of the email that they sent. Uh, One was uh, Meredith Whitaker, who is an artificial intelligence researcher, and I'm quoting her in the email that was sent to employees. Just after Google announced that it would disband its AI ethics council, I was informed my role would be changed dramatically. I'm told that to remain at the company, I will have to abandon my work on AI ethics and the AI Now Institute, which I co-founded and which has been doing rigorous and recognized work on these topics. I have worked on issues of AI ethics and bias for years, 
and am one of the people who helped shape the field looking at these problems. I have also taken risks to push for a more ethical Google, even when this is less profitable or convenient. Uh, Bloomberg has some extra details uh, that uh, basically she was told uh, that uh, she doesn't she is going to have to not talk about uh, about artificial intelligence anymore. Uh, she said that uh, continuing my work at AI now and my work in AI ethics was not on the table. Uh, she tried to get transferred to another Google AI team. Uh, a move that she said was supported by, I'm quoting a Bloomberg article here, by Jeff Dean, the company's head of artificial intelligence, soon after Whitaker was involved with another protest, uh, and the company end up ended up scrapping that AI ethics council uh, group, again, part of something she was protesting. But two weeks after the petition, Whitaker said she learned that her planned transfer to that new AI group had been canceled and that her role at Google would be changing. Uh, the other person who sent this email uh, was Claire Stapleton, who has uh, been about uh, has 12 years in the marketing department at YouTube. And once again, I'm quoting her in the email here. After five years as a high performer in YouTube marketing and almost 12 at Google, two months after the walkout, I was told that I would be demoted, that I'd lose half my reports, and that a project that was approved was no longer on the table. I escalated to HR and to my VP, which made things significantly worse. My manager started ignoring me. My work was given to other people, and I was told to go on medical leave even though I'm not sick. Only after I hired a lawyer and had her contact Google did management conduct an investigation and walk back my demotion, at least on paper. While my work has been restored, the environment remains hostile, and I consider quitting nearly every day. Uh, and uh, I, I encourage you, we'll have links to it uh, in the show notes, and I encourage mm -hmm. you to read the entire email. Uh, but they're underscoring that Google has a culture of retaliation. That's another direct quote, which too often works to silence women, people of color, and gender minorities. Uh, that uh, retaliation isn't necessarily obvious, but it's more like slow torture, uh, confusing, drawn out, consisting of icy conversations, gaslighting, project cancellations, transition rejections, or demotion. A behavior that tells someone the problem isn't that they stood up to the company, it's that they're not good enough and don't belong. Uh, and so, I'm just sorry, I'm getting yeah. flashbacks of my career <laughs> for the last couple yeah. of so, I mean, this decade. is uh, and uh, mentioning at the, mentioning at the town hall that uh, they have stories from about a dozen other people, uh, and calling for let's do a uh, let's do a sit down uh, on May first, uh, and which is right go, now, which is right now. Uh, if you go to I was uh, to keep an eye on the Google walkout Twitter account, uh, and as happened the first when they did the walkout, you sort of see the uh, time zones rotate as eleven a.m. goes from uh, goes all around the world. Uh, and lots and lots of different uh, stories are being put into this feed of similar retaliation. Uh, also, just the same stories of because of my gender, I was basically dead ended in my career that I was basically not taken seriously when I made complaints. Those complaints went nowhere. Uh, and uh, people uh, who are using that account or giving like sort of like on the street sort of uh, reports of uh, what the conversation's like. And there's talk of unionizing and lots of stories of managerial retribution of workers. Uh, Google, for its part, of course, they had a statement 
quote, we prohibit retaliation in the workplace and publicly share our very clear policy to make sure that no complaint raised goes unheard at Google. We give employees multiple channels to report concerns, including anonymously, and investigate all allegations of retaliation. They also followed this up by a Google blog post, uh, I think yesterday or a few days ago, uh, outlying that they're making their policies uh, as a public document that anybody can go to. But much, much like they responded to the last one, where they once again, we're promising that they continue to improve uh, their processes. They continue to be committed to uh, equality and to make sure that people have an open channel. Um, another thing that I've kind, I feel like I have to say that these, um, I'm kind of struggling for nice things to say about Google. I do, I do feel as though it should be noted that they were a, all these organizers were still able to use Google Town Hall streaming services and all the inter, all all of the internal infrastructure for communicating with employees to organize and to share their complaints. But that's probably about as far as the nice words go. Uh, it's it's uh, adamantly clear that Google still has a huge, huge problem uh, that people are being made to suffer. People are being uh, undermined. People are being disempowered. Uh, and when you mm-hmm. basically find when, yes. when, when you have a line like I, I, I think about quitting every single day, that's not a healthy environment. And uh, it's bad. <sighs> it's, it's not. Yeah. It, it's bad and, at Google. It also yeah. makes me kind of worried about uh, it's not as though Google is the only large tech company that has problems of this nature. And uh, is it that the problem at Google is the worst in the valley or is it just that employees at facebook employees at apple employees at microsoft don't feel as though they can risk speaking out uh but well when you live in the silicon when you live in california and uh your mortgage heavily relies on how much money you're getting yes you're not going to speak out about anything happening to you because you need that paycheck to come in. Uh, and folks, this is this is the same across the board. This is not just in tech. This is in any industry. You could see this happening. It is just it is it is greed. It's a little bit parts greed. Um, and I also just am disappointed because, as we've said before on this podcast, we want. We want our fair Google to set a precedent for the rest of Silicon Valley because Silicon Valley does laud itself as this progressive, all-inclusive, diverse workplace when it's anything but, and especially with its policies. And also, it's just incredibly disheartening to see that even in the the quote-unquote diplomatic tech sector, mm-hmm. HR can't help you. Yeah. I mean, it's just, what is the point? Like no shade to HR folks out there because I have had my share of amazing. I've worked with some very amazing HR people before, um, in my career, but it is often said that HR serves mostly the company and not the employee. And in this case, it's, you know, it's giving off whiffs of that. So it's hard to say otherwise. And 
I don't think any of these things are a exaggeration because I have experienced similar things, related things in my own career. And I think that this is just, it's a societal issue. It's systemic. And as a, as fans of Google, who, as you see, I'm constantly giving them money for their products. I would like to see them treat people like me who look like me and are like me a little bit better because then that would make me feel better about giving them money for their products because otherwise I just, it kind of sucks. It's, it's hard to, to feel good about it. It's hard to, stuff like this makes it hard for me to get excited about Google IO because I think like, Oh, look at all this great technology. But then I'm like, well, who are the people who worked on this technology? Like were the people all treated fairly? Was it a, democratic process, uh, amongst the employees. And, um, I, I would just, I understand that the bottom line is money, but I think that's the wrong bottom line. That's, and that's me. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, It plus doesn't a Google have enough money already. Come on. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, it's horrible that you can, uh, it's not just money, it's culture and Google uh, the, it's uh, it would be great for uh, us to say that well this is just a problem with Google and or this is an extreme problem that Google has or an extreme problem that large corporations has. Unfortunately, Google is a reflection of our society. Um, and yeah, Google, this is not just a Google product, just a, a right. Google problem. But but so it's it's an indicator that Google is made up of hundreds of thousands of people who came up in in modern society uh in the case of people in the south bay the the mothership we're talking about most of the people who work there are americans who grew up under an american society and the fact that there can be a culture that grows up in such a short amount of time the 20 uh, if you go from 2001 uh, choosing that as the start of the modern age of google 18 years is not that long ago Okay, it's not as though uh, it's not like when you watch a TV commercial from 1972 for a women's nutritional supplement in which a husband says, and it keeps her weight down and keeps her energized to cook my meals. And that's why I'm going to keep my wife. And you can say, oh, wasn't that a horrible time in history? But thank goodness we no. this was 2000. If we if we use that as the starting point, 2001, there was certainly enough uh, time for essentially the institution to say that there's now when there's 200 people working here here is the culture of our company everybody it's this is a small town at this point everybody knows everybody else if you decide to skip school no matter where you go somebody is going to see and then they're going to tell your mom and then you're going to get it and that's how you should start your company, knowing that if you abuse your employees, either because of being directly abusive or just being so clueless about how to manage people and how to share a planet or an office with somebody, your your your, your work mom is or your work dad is going to find out about it and have a conversation with you to correct this. And all you have to do is find out that, wow, did you hear that? Billy thought he was gonna like go 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 to the movies because see the Avengers movie when everyone else is at school, and he got like dragged out of the theater by his dad. And I'm never gonna do that because that stuff gets real. 
that's what disappoints me, that this is a reflection of our society, that this is not the problem that's going on at Google is going on everywhere. And we just get to see this one <laughs> this this one uh, DVD box set of an instance of what this is what is going on inside of Google. Um, I really do encourage you to hit the Google Walkout uh, Twitter feed. Um, here is a story, one of the many stories I'm going to quote here, um, uh, anonymous. A lot of the, they're like with the previous walkout. There are a lot of pictures, but the difference is that faces are now being blurred out uh, mm -hmm. to show you so how much people trust these. Exactly. So uh, uh, my quote, my previous manager was marginalizing, discriminating, and would yell, taking down me and other team members. I was the only one who spoke up. Jeez. When I brought this to the attention of our director, they told me that they would help me find a new role. After four months, I left the oh. team along with three she other women. She had to find a new role. Yeah. Uh, even after I had left the team, my previous managers were, excuse me, even after I had left the team, my previous managers were able to give me a, quote, needs improvement, unquote, in performance, which I'm now living with the impact of. And just like just like you uh, alluded to, uh, Flo, uh, continuing here, uh, I'm the breadwinner of my family of four, so this has huge implications on our family's budget. Watching the town hall just now was really triggering. I still don't have a resolution for my situation. After a year, I finally got one of the other women to speak up, and her testimony just opened up more questions from the investigation team. Still, nothing has been done. Our former manager is still managing the same team. So this so this stuff is real. Uh, thank and I I have to I absolutely applaud everybody who is or, who are organizing the sit down, who are putting their names out, uh, particularly people who are risking their livelihoods. Wish I could give you a job. Out there. <laughs> yeah, make it okay for you. Yeah. I just don't have that power because, well, you know, we're freelance journalists, yeah. so we're already <laughs> struggling out there. Yeah, Li oh, lies, lies wither when they're exposed to sunlight and the equality of staff in any large or even small organization, unfortunately, we have to recognize is a lie that we have to now fix the truth of. I'm, it's, we, both, we both get worked up on this topic for very good reasons. I, again, it's not... I'm not at the point yet where I feel embarrassed to be using a Pixel phone or that I still use Google Docs for a lot of stuff, but I have expectations, man. I have expectations of Google to be better than this, and uh, I'm... It's, I I'm, mean, we need them to be better because we need... I would like to continue feeling good about the products I'm using. I yeah. mean, honestly, that, that really is what it is, and... Uh, it's it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable that these things yeah. happen. Um, I wish that there could be. A, I wish that this was more maybe California wide. Maybe some something a little more legal could happen here to protect folks. But in a lot of instances, the the things that happen are really just microaggressions. They're just little micro things that add up to a whole bigger thing and show a whole larger issue. And that's why it's sometimes hard for people to come out about what's going on. But Listen, you're allowed to raise hell if you're giving money to a to a, a conglomerate, a 
a corporation and Google is a corporation and as consumers of their products, we are allowed to tell them how we feel about the way that they do business. Yeah. The same way that I am allowed to yell about how I don't agree with Tesla's, with Elon Musk's anti-unionization. You know, I have <laughs> yeah. my own, pol my politics that factor into what I pay for. Um, and that's the way Andy and I live our lives. And, you know, we hope and that those of you who are listening <laughs> are on the same page as us. Yeah, um, and I, I'm and I'm just optimistic enough about human nature to believe that in the at the top levels of the company they recognize this is as a problem and they want to solve it, but the only real pressure comes from a situation that they don't feel as though they can control. Uh, if they can't, con if they don't feel as though they can control the timeline. And there's a lot of pressure that can be made to bear on them. For one, again, the talk of unionizing. They're going to, they should be terrified of an employee union at Google. Every single tech company should be properly terror, terrorized about that. The ability to, to engage in collective bargaining and say that if you want every single employee to not just have a ceremonial <sighs> sit down for an hour, but to simply, we're gone. Good, good luck getting your AI to write code for you. Uh, here in New England, the the employees at Stop and Shop, a chain, New England chain of uh, mm -hmm. grocery stores, they decided that they, they were getting diddled around for a couple of years on their contract. Their working conditions were getting worse and worse. Their compensation was getting worse and worse. Their benefits were getting worse and worse. And they finally decided because they are because it's a union shop. Guess what? Right before Passover, when lots of people are going to be buying Passover food, we're just going to strike. And you know, that's that's how you get your point across. Yeah. And it was a beautiful thing to see uh, my uh, – there's one of the Starbucks that I uh, that I work at. Uh, work in. Sorry, I don't. I don't actually make coffee. I work in it. To, to uh, and if you did, you would be better off because they pay for health insurance and school. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it's but it's in the same like sort of like shopping complex as a stop and shop. And mm -hmm, it was mm -hmm. beautiful seeing that nobody was going in. That parking lot was just filled with cars of people who were working inside that they could find or move from one part of the company to the other. Nobody was crossing that picket line. So when workers can organize collectively and when they can make their their case to the public in such a way that the public is going to say, yeah, we're going to support you in this. We're not going to cross this picket line because we hope that you win. We're on your side. Yep. That's when they decide that, well, maybe we can contribute more to uh, your health plan. And maybe we will start hiring more people instead of hiring – instead of going to uh, – anyway. Uh, but the, the other pressure that can be brought to bear is lawsuits from stockholders because yes. – they can make the stock shareholders, activist shareholders can make the argument that this is affecting your business and therefore it's affecting our investment. And therefore, if you want us to, if we don't, if you, if you want us to continue to invest in your company, you're going to make material changes. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, when these talks about, again, uh, 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 executives, super senior executives who were guilty of sexual improprieties were mm -hmm. quietly shown not the back door, but the side door, maybe. And here is $12 million uh, because, uh, in severance. 
uh, shareholders sued in January of this year to say that that's you, I can't believe that you got, that senior executives were simply rubber stamping your way through this, and that is actually putting lots and lots of pressure on Google. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, two board members have resigned now, uh, including Eric Schmidt, who was. Uh, if we again, if we say that 2001 was the time when Google became a company, became Google, that's uh, that's when Eric Schmidt came aboard. the The signature day in any startup when it's doing well enough that investors uh, say, "Okay, now we need to bring in a grown up to be your CEO and to run your company." Uh, and uh, Eric Schmidt was one of those grown-ups, but he is one of two CEOs that uh, announced that it was announced that they he would not be seeking uh, re-election to uh, the board of directors, uh, and so he's going to uh, reduce some, his role to uh, like a technical advisory role in both Alphabet and, and Google. Uh, and so he's out as of June. He wasn't pushed out because of these scandals, but Mm-mm. it's very, very well known that uh, there is a lot of pressure being put on the most senior levels of management that you've got to show that you're actually addressing this problem. Um, interestingly, this is kind of maybe a diversion, but interestingly that they announced one of the replacements, Alphabet announced one of the replacements uh, who is a uh, CFO of a biopharmaceuticals company uh, Mm -hmm. will now be joining the board, which shows you something about the direction, one of the directions that the company wants to be headed in. But hopefully this person will start insisting that this is not a PR problem. This is an institutional problem and it will mean that we will not be getting the best people and when we do get the best people we will not be getting the best work from them and if nothing else we don't want to be ashamed of the environment that we're creating woof i feel like uh cleansing breath yeah (laughs) cleansing breath we're gonna do a quick ad and then after the ad we're going to report on some lighter notes exactly This episode of Material is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Confession time, we all think we're immune to cybercrime. It's hard to imagine someone trying to get a hold of your information. But here's the bad news. Stealing data from people like you and me using public Wi-Fi is a very easy way for bad guys to make money. So if you leave your internet connection unencrypted, your passwords and credit card numbers could be vulnerable. But there is something you can do to protect yourself from cybercriminals. Start using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. Then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. It even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. I use ExpressVPN. I like to use it when I'm hanging out at Starbucks, and you never know who's hanging around at Starbucks with you. I also love ExpressVPN because it goes right into my Chrome OS operating system. I can check to see if it's on right from the quick settings, the notification panel. And I can turn it off just as easily from there. I love how this integrates no matter the system that I have it installed on. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. 
So go to expressvpn.com slash material to learn more. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash material. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash material for three months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their supportive material and all of the Relay FM network. Okay, so um, we definitely want to talk about uh, things that we're looking forward to for Google I.O. Yes. Uh, one, quick, one quick thing that... Uh, I'm sure that will make a lot of regulators <laughs> happy around the world. Uh, Google announced today that uh, they're going to let you auto-delete your location tracking data, uh, oh, both good. your location history and that mysterious web and app activity. Uh, so you can, if you go into your privacy settings, you can basically say automatically delete after three months or eighteen months. Uh, which means that anything, if you as soon as you activate it, anything older than three months, if you selected that, goes away. And then as soon as a piece of data is three months and one second old, that goes away too. Uh, so we don't know, who knows what that, if that will affect the performance of, uh, of Google apps and services. Uh, I have to say, I, I, I hope that it gets a little bit finer grained. There are things that I like that it tracks. Um, I don't know if that, I'm sure the fact that you've explicit, I've explicitly saved places in Google Maps, that that's not part of that datum no, that gets no, no, deleted. No, 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 no. Uh, but sometimes it's... But, I sure hope not, because I, hope, I have a lot of guides out there I've made for people. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it won't be. But the, the fact that, really, I think that all that anybody uh, has been uh, realistically asking for is be transparent and give us control. And someone who can, if we can su suddenly say that you can delete, 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 and I mean delete uh, data automatically without having to, you, you, without having to manually go in and press a button saying, please flush uh, all my personal data at this point, uh, that's a step in the right direction. Um, it sounds as though that other kinds of data is also going to get this kind of feature uh, so uh, it looks more like a, a feature platform than anything else. Um, of course, as always, a piece of uh, an announcement like this, you have to, I want to know, do you, so you've deleted the information that uh, I visited this comic book store three months and a week ago. Are you also going to make sure that, Anything you think you learned about me from the fact that, hey, he visited a comic book store on this day uh, after after seeing this YouTube video, are you going to get rid of that knowledge of me in addition to that piece of data? So, but it's a step in the right direction. I don't, I'm not sure that it's because uh, Google is seeing the light on uh, privacy controls, more like they're trying well, to proactively create avoid these features. incurring any more fees exactly well yeah they, they, <laughs> there's there, there's so much that every company is doing that you think oh wow isn't that really proactive isn't that really nice and advanced of them then you realize that no the eu is really close to passing this new law that would make this a requirement so you may as well get ahead of that and say for no reason whatsoever we decided to let you download all of your data look how easy it is and then disappear <laughs> from people's lives Sorry, Ugh. that got dark quick. Um, now, the uh, quick, uh, there, if I did mention earlier, there was an earnings call. Uh, mm -hmm. That's way too boring to get into detail, particularly mm -hmm. when there are so many other important things going on this week. Uh, the Except. The only takeaways were uh, 
they were make they kind of they they lost a lot of money because uh, they made changes to the YouTube algorithm. Yes, to I was totally going to say that too, Andy. Oh my God, we were on the <laughs> we were in sync. Yeah, I yeah. was just going to say, except for the fact that right. because the YouTube algorithm has been changed, uh, Google hasn't been making as much money. Oh my God, yeah. the world is terrible. Yeah, no. It's okay. because to to make to make YouTube a better place, they've both internally because they want YouTube to be good, and also because they're getting a lot of bad press by ways that YouTube is being misused. They changed the algorithm, which caused ad revenue to go to go down, and that took a huge stock. <laughs> the investors, uh, as soon as you as soon as they say anything about their ad business not being as good as it was last year, that costs them temporarily at least nine billion dollars. That's a billion with a B, of course. Uh, there was also uh, just it's as two EU fines. Also, not good news in sales of uh, of Pixel phones. Uh, that that's uh, sales were down for the last quarter uh, of, uh, compared to last year. That's not quite so bad because Apple had also also had their sales call, and they're also having problems moving high end phones. They did take this opportunity, uh, rather the CFO. Uh, of Google to say that that's hopefully we'll be addressing that with a hardware mm-hmm. release of mid-range phones, pretty mm-hmm. much conf- and, uh, confirming that there will be a hardware announcement uh, on uh, keynote day. That's that will probably be uh, those uh, uh, Pixel 3a and Pixel 3a XLs that we've been talking about uh, earlier. Um, so other than that, not a whole lot of in- super interesting stuff. Uh, uh, from the uh, from the earnings call again. If you if you're into really, and if if you're into like financial reports, I hope you're not listening to us for this because we we chose careers in freelance journalism. That shows you how how smart about money we are. Not to mention, earnings calls are just they're death. They're 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 <laughs> fun. they're fun. Well, okay, I I will say that I always listen to them for the reason that it's the one venue in which a senior executive mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. to tell the absolute truth because if mm-hmm. they don't they will get sued or mm-hmm. they will get prosecuted. Uh and it is often a place where uh analysts can actually answer questions that have not been pre-screened or pre-selected mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if some so if if uh, so if tim cook or neely patel were to like i don't know overdose on cough medicine just before the call <laughs> and so uh, oh self-driving car you, you know what we're definitely gonna be having a fifty dollar self driving car in every Walmart uh, in October. They suddenly go, "Oh, damn it! We've got to figure out now how to buy something that we could legal at least the legal definition of a car that we can sell for fifty dollars and get them in WalMarts, or else we are in big trouble." Uh oh, this sounds like the Samsung foldable phone. <laughs> um, so we should talk about I O a little bit because yes. it's li- like I can't believe it's here already. Um, I cannot believe it's here already, which also means my birthday is next week, and I'm another year older. So that's another hey, thing I'm cake. grappling there with. There you go. I can. I'll, I'll. I'll get your birthday cake. There you go. Problem solved. I can, I have, <laughs> well, can have the more thing cake. is, I can't have any. Well, I'll see what I can find at Google I/O. What they're feeding us. 
It's got to be something there, sweet. Okay, you you of all people should know that when I get excited about buying somebody a cake, it's not about sharing the cake with people. It means that I can have cake in the house because I no, normally you don't can have, have cake, cake absolutely. But I would like to partake as well, and so I need to figure out a way that I can make this happen for okay. myself. Is basically what I'm saying. Um, right. So <laughs> on that note, Google I/O is coming. There's a lot of stuff coming up. Um, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Really. <laughs> We, we I mean, except for the obvious hardware announcements. Yeah, we we haven't heard much about what's going on. Um, I put together, if, even of course, I read like every single like nine to five Google Android Authority preview and rundown, and mm-hmm. nobody has a lot of really hard intel. Uh, so obviously, we're looking forward to uh, probably the first public beta of Android Q. Um, and that's going to be an interesting release because it is, as we've seen before, it's a security-oriented release. Uh, so it's designed to the, – the theme is going to be security and privacy in addition to whatever else they do. So that's going to be obviously a lot for them to show off next week. Uh, they talked – remember that they announced uh, at uh, the Gabe Conference Stadia their streaming game platform. And this seems like a really good uh, uh, opportunity uh, to talk to developers some more about how to develop games for Stadia. So hopefully we will find out more about exactly how this system works and when it will be released and what it will cost. Uh, they're very, very thin on uh, on details of the Game Developers Conference. Uh, Wear OS, uh, God, I'm just, I don't know about you, but I'm just hoping for signs that they really deeply care about Wear OS. They do care about it because I, I don't want to, I don't want to disparage any of the work that's been done on Wear OS. Right. I definitely think Google cares about it. I'm just frustrated with the hardware. Like the hardware is not enticing me yeah. to wear it and it is a wearable. And if you want me to wear it, you need to make me want to wear it. <laughs> that's and, that's and, what matters actually the most to me is that I want to wear it. Like I wore a hybrid watch and all that thing did was count my steps, <laughs> but that I was happy. I was happy with that. Anyway, this is not about me. And that doesn't mean like the men's size smartwatch, but you put a pink band on it and glue some diamonds around the No, I don't want that. I have a tiny puny wrist, okay? I need a tiny puny watch for it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the – I don't know if we'll hear anything about Fuchsia because it's still – an experimental operating system, but that's it be just going to be a they... giant secret that forever. I think I don't think I'll find yeah. out about any of that until like my first child goes to college like, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even have a child, so that just tells you how long I, how far away I think that is. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is that you can call Fuchsia into being by deciding. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. It literally the power all is in on your me. hands. And if I decide to reproduce or not. Um, (laughs) So Google I.O. All right. So we have Wear OS. I think it's just going to be demos. And then what they're going to do at Google I.O., they're going to be like, oh, the other day we announced tiles. And they're going to do that. And then they're going to talk about the Android Q security-oriented release. Did we talk about that? We didn't talk about that. Did we mention that? Yeah, I mentioned that. You did. Sorry, Andy. That's the theme of the... (laughs) Um, Sorry. Oh That's my okay. God, I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> this happens to me sometimes. Uh, I hear this is aging. No, See, my birthday's next week. I'm going to forget more things. No, this is uh, this is also, uh, I, I think I mentioned before that today is like a, a work day for me. Just basically, 
Wednesday is usually scheduled as I'm just going to be, I'm going to probably go out for a diner breakfast and then pretty much crank away until yeah. uh, at the keyboard until one or two in the morning. Uh, and it's, it's hard to get your brain back <laughs> into conversational mode after you've been just trying desperately to push the cursor to the right for several yes. hours. Yes. Um, uh, hoping, hoping we'll see some, st uh, some announcements about Chrome OS, uh, partly because getting back to that uh, that earnings call, that was one of the success stories uh, that they were happy to talk about, saying that hey, looks uh, Chrome OS is uh, going by leaps and bounds. We're doing great. We've been seeing in previous developer build teardowns uh, hints at a spaces workspaces like feature where you could basically put apps and put windows and different workspaces like you can on pretty much every other platform. Uh, and there's been uh, hard, hard rumors for a long time about being able to, about the Chrome team working towards being able to dual boot Windows and Chrome OS in addition to being a Chrome OS slash Linux uh, <laughs> slash Android mashup. So hopefully we'll see some more stuff about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hopefully like right in the keynote. Um, the only... We will. Yeah. Um, there's also a little bit of a tease. Um, the project manager for Android TV uh, mm -hmm. was speaking this week and said, hey, look, there were only 3,000 Android TV apps last year, and now there are 5,000. And let's not get into how crappy some of those 5,000 are, but that's a we can empirical evidence tends to indicate that 5,000 is indeed a higher number than 3,000. So let's not harsh his mellow. Let's not poke holes in his rowboat. That's a, that is quite good. Um, mostly, most of that growth being in uh, smart TVs as opposed to boxes. So maybe they'll show off something new in the interface or something new that will sort of enable better hardware um, because there is Apple. T the Apple TV is not a great box, but it's it's a box with the Apple logo on it. Uh, Roku, there are plenty of really great Rokus. There are, there are, there are a lot of great uh, Amazon Fire uh, streaming boxes. Uh, I'm not sure that people really associate Android TV with, hey, here's a really cool box from NVIDIA you can no. get. Even though no. I even though I think that it's the best streaming box you can possibly I get. I know, but, no, but people that people consumers. Yeah, that's gonna scare them. It's it's Come something on. that it's something for consumers. They want that, a box that you plug in HDMI and that's it. Right, right. Um and so it's uh, for most people it seems to be they're aware of it if it came pre-installed on their smart TV, but that's exactly. about it. Um, the only uh, the only uh, tidbit that I was able to find was um, a I'm, it's just I have this in quotes next generation user interface framework, and this was I think Android Authority basically uh, 90, I'm sorry ninety five Google I think the uh, one of the things you pay attention to if you're trying to uh, predict interesting things that have not yet been announced for Google I.O. is in the weeks and the days beforehand, all of these like sort of vague uh, blocks in the schedule for the conference start to get filled in. And you start, you, of course, you track changes to see what has been changed. They noticed that uh, three members of the Android Toolkit team were giving a talk wait for it, called, quote, declarative user interface patterns, unquote. And uh, one of them is, one of the people wow. speaking, I know, I have no, <laughs> that's like buzzword bingo. That's like, that could be, 
that 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 could Anything. be that could be your surprise birthday party. It's yeah. it's such oh, a string that of nonsense that, nice. that could be. I don't know. I'll, I'd be ready. Yeah, I have your. I'd make sure that you've got your hair did up and your makeup on point and act surprised. Uh, but uh, so uh, one of the speakers is Jim Sproach. Uh, he was a senior software engineer on the Android Toolkit team at Google, and mm-hmm. that's how his position is described on the schedule and on the website. However, up until a few days ago, there was the added text that has been now deleted. I'm reading the deleted text here. Yes, uh, Android Toolkit team at Google and deleted text here where he is building a next generation UI framework for Android. So nine to five, uh, Google has that. Well, maybe they're going to be really showing off some kind of next generation user interface <laughs> framework, like something related to Kotkin, something related to Jetpack, something bleh, who knows. But that's really all we got. Remember, it used to be really, really fun when you'd see all well, the but we have the we have a sneak yeah. a, a developer uh, yeah. has has leaked a picture of a production thing that it looks like a hockey puck but it's got a hole drilled through it and there is a two pronged power cable sticking out of it who, who what could this be used to be fun yeah. used to be fun um now it's just well it could be anything i mean you'll be lucky to get a sun visor i mean hopefully they give us a sun visor because it's it gets very hot um do you are, are you gonna be uh, I, I would be taking a parasol no i will bring my black hat and wear that but i i looked at the weather it's gonna be in the high 70s in case somebody would like to know and i don't know next week is gonna be interesting i am really looking forward to i'm just really looking forward to everything and I think the biggest thing that's going to be difficult is being there because this year I feel a little differently about Google than I did last year because of the stuff we talked about in the first half of this podcast. Um, And so that's, I don't know. I, it's, you know what? We'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. It'll be, it will be interesting given that, uh, that the timing of that protest was perfect, not only for May day, but also, yeah. but this is this is just a few days before developers and press are going to be descending on Mountain View, and the the, the thing is about these, particularly the Apple Developers Conference and the Google Developers Conference, is that if you've been covering these companies for any amount of time, you know people inside there, and you've mm-hmm. got friends inside mm-hmm. there. And some of them are willing to talk to you on the record uh, because they trust you and they know you. Uh, And some of them are willing to talk to you off the record. So now things that you've uh, – things that you – where you can't quote them and you can't write a story about it. But it means that if you are at any point in the next several months, if you think that, well, I could talk about this – about the subject of – uh of about uh sexism inside google or i could not oh no remember that story that that background story that someone told me about yeah i am now i now feel doubly motivated to write and talk about this as much as i possibly can so i'm i would not want to be google pr next week and trying to make i mean if they if people are scared about retribution uh it's go we seem to have a, uh, I seem to have a Soviet theme going this week, uh, but 
uh, all the times like during the Cold War where I did I didn't know that my that my uh, that a son of a Russian diplomat was also uh, was was that his hockey team in DC was playing my son's hockey team in DC and that the person I was chatting with while holding coffee and watching our kids play hockey was a Russian diplomat and now I might I have to write a report explaining why I was talking to a Russian diplomat because I don't want you me to I don't want my bosses to suspect that I was uh, I was sharing state secrets mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. maybe it's if I were to go it's like <laughs> I'd be hearing from 18 people saying, I can't talk to you. It's like, uh, I can't talk to you. <laughs> I know yeah. I know that normally we go to In-N-Out Burger and I pick up the, I, I, I can't have you in my car, man. They, they're, they're, they're going to dust the thing for DNA, for hair and particles. <sighs> well, anyway, anyway, next week. Next, next week. week. So uh, you'll be recording in the field. I, if I, Still think that's a funny thing to do. I will also be recording in the, yes. <laughs> in the field. We'll see. It might be easier on our editor, Jim, if it's just noise on my end. Um, I feel that would be maybe easier to distinguish instead of uh, having east and west coast birds well, fluttering you don't, in the see, background. Well, you don't. Oh, I'm just saying you don't. You don't know like where this. I could actually like get my folding chair on the sidewalk. I could probably in the next week like order like a twenty foot or a thirty or fifty foot like microphone cable, have a mic stand. <laughs> People, the only, the only problem is that it's not just birds and like passing dogs. I think that if I had like a folding chair and a mic stand and my headphones and stuff, people would think it's a radio like field yes, thing, and yes. they'd be trying to figure out how to get a free T-shirt out of me or yes, something like that. Yes. Uh, we'll see. I have no idea how I'm going to set this up next week. Hopefully we have enough internet too to Skype each other. Um, cause that's always, that's always a fun guess. The yes. guess work of working at Google IO. I will be covering the event for, uh, several sites. So just kind of check on my Twitter to see where my work is going. And I'm also covering it at my website at florenceion.com. I'll be posting, um, little tidbits here and there. I'll be posting a picture gallery toward the end of the week, just kind of doing my usual runaround of the developer conference. I really like to stick around after and not really go to the talks, but actually go to the the different booths and go to the different um, areas because that's where I get to be. I get to just talk to developers, people who are just using the platform, people who are outside of Google who are using Google things. And this year I am looking for people who are trying to change the world using Google APIs. So we'll see what I come up with. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Now promise me that if you, if you wind up talking to somebody whose only job is to do a B testing on whether to change the Google mail button from reply to respond don't make him feel bad or her feel bad for not changing the world. Make sure you validate that. Hey, yes, doing A/B I, testing I on a button. I don't mean. No, you're you're you're, you're a kind, I, thoughtful, us- sensitive person. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm using it. I'm using it in the clickbaity con- <laughs> uh, way yep. that you would. Which, by the way, I do not condone clickbait. It's just that for some reason, this is how people understand what I'm trying to get at. So. You know, I just trying to communicate with my audience. Um, Andy, what are you up to next week while I will be in Mountain View sweating my butt off and working in the hot sun with my Chromebook? 
Uh, I will be at my desk where I will have probably three monitors going at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and some so, cake to celebrate my birthday. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's that's usually where I am during one of these keynotes mm-hmm. because it's much. I can get much more <laughs> intelligence gathering done by mm-hmm. having a watching the live stream, having another like open chat window with a bunch of friends and doing another window on other people's live streams um i'm going to be on my next uh, thing for boston public radio wgbh in boston is going to be on friday mm-hmm. that would be the eighth not the, the 10th uh and if you want go to my twitter feed at anatgo you can actually get the details on that i'm sure i'll have lots to say i'm, I'm uh, it's not as though i'm I, i'm not going to be using next week's show as a rehearsal for the half hour that I'm going to be spent talking about Google I.O. on NPR, but that often turns out to be the case. <laughs> mm. Well, you got to practice somewhere, Andy, and I, I'm happy I could help facilitate. See, so you're, you're getting you're getting the you're getting the live show. I'm, work, I'm working out new material. This is like the 11 p.m. set at the Comedy Store. That's where okay. I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be on on Letterman on, on Tuesday. I'm just working out working out my set. You'll be seeing. You gotta you gotta yeah. work it before you get up there. <laughs> So that's everything you got. Everyone has to look forward to for next week. Uh, hope you join us then because it's always a fun, fun, way old time when we get a big, big smorgasbord of new Google News to take a look at. And also possibly being able to make fun of the people who are on stage and uh, outfits they clearly bought just for mm-hmm. uh, the Google I.O. person. Not making fun. It's just that. You know, it's like the first day of school stuff where you've you've, you've wanted to buy. If I, if I were like a senior executive and I feel like I want to buy a motorcycle jacket, this is an occasion in which I would probably buy a motorcycle jacket, even though it'll be very clear that I don't like wearing motorcycle jackets. And I just bought this motorcycle jacket. It's one thing. We will not make fun of we are we are beacons of love and acceptance. We will not be making fun of anybody unless you Okay, if, if someone okay, if someone uh, like uh, walks across the stage holding like a big, huge like strawberry shortcake, like four, four or five layers, and then they trip and their face falls right in the shortcake, we can laugh at that. Yes, you know. So I'm saying that there might be some making fun, but we'll not be. Well, anyway, I've spoken too much. Everybody, have an awesome, awesome week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Oh, my God.